Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Sidebar with Cindy. On Kaya FM 95.9. FM 95.9, home of the Afropolitan. Welcome to Sidebar Cindy on Tuesday, 20 August 2019. What do you regret spending on your wedding day? We'll be chatting about that after this. Medical issues, sex and family, finance, parenting and emotional development. Sidebar with Cindy. Cindy. Every Monday to Thursday, 7 to 8 p.m. on Kaya FM 95.9. Kaya FM 95.9, home of the Afropolitan. Sidebar Cindy with me, Cindy Swift and Sale. And this evening, we're speaking about weddings. And, you know, do you have any regrets on the amount of money that you spent on your wedding or a certain aspect of your wedding? Um, you know, the average South African wedding, at, you know, to date, costs about 70,000 rand. And the reception and the venue and the catering is probably the most expensive part of it. Then you have, you have the ceremony, which is not too expensive. The dresses and the rings, always a big deal. And of course, alcohol. So we're asking you, well, I'm asking you tonight, what do you regret spending on your wedding? Is there something you could have done differently? Do you look back and think to yourself, oh my gosh, I shouldn't have spent that amount of money on that particular aspect. I mean, one person already messaged me and said, team, they regret spending money on dessert because people ate People drank, people got drunk, and people were happy. Nobody looked at the dessert. So is it a better idea to have the wedding cake as dessert? We'll be discussing all of those things tonight on Sidebar Cindy. And I'm joined by Larry Masson. Larry Masson is a financial advisor. And we're really going to get into the nitty-gritty of this because, to be very honest, if you look at, just judging from social media, weddings are getting more and more lavish. And that's okay. It's okay if you've budgeted, you've planned for it, or plumpe, you know, you've gotten money from from Ishobo or someone. But for some people, it's actually actually quite a lot of money and you know there was a couple that was trending on on, on twitter not so long ago and to some girl and latoya kowa decided to get married at home affairs and um their, their wedding cost a total of 75 rand they signed um they had this certificate printed out and the total of that was 75 rand they're happy they're starting off their lives not in debt and you know would you do that that's what we're talking about tonight so i'd like to welcome larry to the show um good evening good evening larry and welcome to sidebot cindy Good evening. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, I know you're a financial advisor, and um, and I'm sure the topic of, of, of weddings and marriage ceremonies and so on comes up a lot, especially when people are, are planning towards the event. Um, you know, what, what's your, what are your thoughts on lavish weddings? I think, yeah, let me ask it, like, you know, let, let me start with that question. What do you think of these lavish weddings that people have? It's actually a, a, a bigger um, question to be answered is you never want to start on the back foot so yes it's a special day yeah and yes you must have fun um but do you want to spend too much to be on the back foot um start off working it off for the rest of your life so it's always a balance in terms of what you can afford and what you want so look at value look at entertainment look at enjoyment make it a special day but don't spend too much. You know, we always say when we look at a person's financial balance sheet is that you create wealth to eat well and have a lifestyle, but be careful to eat too well. And the same applies to when it comes to weddings. Mm. And so I've just read here that the average cost of a wedding in South Africa, Larry, is 70,000 rand. 
and you know, some people can spend up to, well less than that, fifty thousand rand. But some people spend more than that, and yeah. a lot of the money goes towards the venue and the catering. And then, of course, the wedding yeah. rings are part of it, and so on. Um, and yeah. in, in, like, would you, would you, if someone has to borrow money, yeah, if someone has to borrow money for a wedding ceremony or for part of the wedding, would you think, do you, should they go on with that? Should they postpone the wedding? P- parental pressure, family pressure. There's so many things that are making people make these decisions. I think the kind of simple answer is just don't spend seventy thousand rand on your wedding if you cannot afford it. Whenever you have to borrow to buy something unless it's your house mm. or maybe your car, then you probably can't afford it. Just to put it in perspective, if you take inflation at six percent in roughly over six years, seventy thousand becomes hundred and forty thousand. Mm. And another six years it becomes double that. So if you just think of what it actually costs you must think how important that part is in terms of financial point of view to the bigger picture going forward. And yes, we don't only want to live to ultimately be financially dependent, but we also don't want to kind of find ourselves in a hole where we can't get out or we have to try and get out for the rest of our life. Mm. And this is already after the wedding link or the engagement link has been bought. So simple simple rule in terms of buying something that does not increase in value like a house if you have to borrow you probably should not purchase or invest in that mm. Well, if you've just joined us, you're listening to Sidebar Cindy with me, Cindy Fansale. And I'm chatting to Larry Masson. He's a financial advisor. And we're speaking about weddings. And we're asking you, what do you regret spending money on on your wedding day? So we're taking your calls on 86 959 You can SMS us on 36959. And the hashtags on social media are Sidebar Cindy. And the other hashtag is KFM Talk. And, and, you know, Larry has made a very good point that if you have to borrow money, for something to happen, then you probably can't afford it. But the reality is that a lot of us are pressured by our parents, by our families to have to have these lavish weddings. And I mean, I, I think of my mom. I mean, my mom, a lot of my relatives were at the wedding, but she wanted a lot of other people there that in Tanzania, again, they had to travel far, they couldn't come. But had she had her own way, I think three quarters of that wedding would have been in Shlobazake. And I think a lot of us have that pressure. And the other thing with me, Larry, is that um, when I got married, I was a fifth-year student, so I couldn't afford any of it. So my husband had to foot the bill for every single thing at the wedding, from my dress to, to you know, to everything, the bridesmaids' dresses, everything was covered by, by, by my husband. Yes, because uh, uh, spanning the wheels here, Cindy, the other day I heard somebody suggesting that people that want to attend your wedding should rather pay as a contribution towards your wedding rather than giving wedding presents. And I thought that's kind of quite a good idea. <laughs> so to ask people to give cash as opposed to bringing gifts. Exactly. So, so it, it's people that you really want to be and hopefully they also want to be there. So if you say, you know, it's more important for me to have you there at my most special day in my life, hopefully. Mm. So contribute contribute towards making it a special day. Why not? So, (laughs) you know, there's many ways to skin a cat. So even if you want to have a lavish wedding, and even if you want to have a special day, it does not mean to say that you have to bankrupt what's special or, or bankrupt yourself or put you on a financial stake 
that is the start of the most special journey on your life. And don't underestimate the value contribution of financial stress in deteriorating good relationships. So true. So true. Well, coming to social media, I'm reading out some of your tweets. Duncan says that um, he regrets buying the groom's suit and um, the bride's gown, even though she does, he doesn't think she agrees with that. But they wore those outfits once, which was a waste, and he feels that they should have they should have hired. And then another tweet um, from Ufifi. Fifi got married recently, and she says that um, you know the cake, you know, should have rather bought a cake for for two thousand rand. In, you know, instead of spending that amount of, amount of money on it. And the thing is, most people don't even get to eat the cake. I mean, once people have had enough alcohol, they're dancing, they're having fun, they don't even realize that there's dessert. But I think that's exactly the point. It's like, you know, we often, when we host people, whether it's a normal bri or a party at our house, and we try and kind of lavishly spend to make it and unbelievably and unforgettable for even Whereas ultimately it's about the companionship and friends that they show. Quite right. I mean, I always used to think, why do they have food cake as a wedding cake? I don't like food cake. No, so it's the awful. I think, <laughs> you know, ultimately decide what you can afford. Yes. And maybe do whatever you can. But ultimately it's about people celebrating with you a special day and not necessarily playing up to the Joneses. So just in terms of, you know, if someone's listening and they're planning towards their wedding, what are the financial steps, Larry, that um, a couple should take towards their big day? Okay, so first of all, obviously, the first thing is kind of make sure that you've got the anti-natural contract sorted out. So what matrimonial dissertation are you going to have? Then secondly... Okay, so, so, okay so, so what are the different ones? It's important for us to know. What are the different matrimonial contracts out there? So out of community of property, in community of property, and out of community of property with a cruel system. So I'm not suggesting that one is the right in the fair way. It's different for different people. Yes. But make sure that you understand the different ways of getting married, that you've applied your mind, and that both of you are comfortable in terms of the agreement that you reach at that point of time. I always say to clients is when you draw up an antinatural contract, you starry eyes, you're in love, mm. you only see the beautiful potential future together. The wonderful thing is if it pans out that way, you're never going to use the antinatural contract. It's only the manifest or the constitution when all things go pear-shaped. Mm-hmm. When you join each other together and two independent lives come together, as you do it emotionally, you must do it from a financial point of view. Um, so it's important that we apply our minds to that aspect as well. So the first thing, as I said, is make sure that you're getting married in a way that financially both of you are comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Feel it's fair and agree upon. Okay, and and do you see a lot of couples still getting married in community of property, Larry? I do, and ironically, I had a client the other day that wanted to change her matrimonial dispensation, which is a big and difficult problem because you can only apply to the High Court to have it changed. Because understand that being married in community of property, you are 50% 
shareholders or owners of everything that you have. Mm-hmm. I tend to explain to the clients or people that if there's two identical tables, one doesn't owe the one and the other one owes the other, both of you own half of each table. Mm. And it kind of results in a lot of implications in terms of managing money in terms of contracting and so forth. So yes, we do see people marrying each community property. I think the matrimonial dispensation can change a while back to say that a better way is marrying out of community of property with their cruel system, which essentially means what I started with when I got married is mine and whatever we accrue together is split 50-50. Albeit in its you, you're not typically in shareholders, but shoot the marriage break down, yeah. then you split fifty percent. So yes, you do still see it, and I sometimes think it's because of people not knowing or not having applied their mind when they get married. But there's no right or wrong. It's different strokes for different folks, but at least make sure that made an informed decision to make a big step. Okay, and so if so, so the, the the woman that has to that wants to change her matrimonial dispensation and has to apply to the high court, is it an expensive process? Is it a laborious it, process? What's what's the what's the difficulty around it? it, it it's a very expensive process, and that's why you have to change it in the high court or apply to the high court to have your matrimonial dispensation changed. Because understand, in terms of debt, obligations, and so forth, is. If you marry in community property, partner um, kind of borrow money, then you in for 50% of that debt. Mm-hmm. If you buy a property, you're 50% owners. If you start a business, you're 50% owners. So it's a very expensive process, and it's a long process and not a simple process because effectively what must happen is you must unwind one estate that's joined into two separate estates. So it's a complicated and expensive mm-hmm. process. So that's okay. I didn't know that. I didn't know that part. Okay, and um, and the cost of it. How much would it cost to 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 approach the high court for this for this to happen? I cannot put an amount to that because it depends on the legal experts okay. or attorneys that you need to need to use to do that. But the reality is, if you let the guide in the high court, it's a lot of money because. Generally, in the old days, only athletes could appear in the high court. Now, attorneys with LB can also appear in the high court, but it's an expensive exercise, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of regulatory hoops that you need to jump through. You need to advertise because there can be debt accredited and so forth. So it can run into thousands of rands, and it's not a quick process. Mm. Okay. And remember then, secondly, for argument's sake, if the property was jointly owned in community of property, now you need to transfer out 50%. So there's also knock-on costs that follow mm. the court order. So it's not only the legal cost, it's also the cost of now transferring property out. There's capital gains tax if it was a business that was jointly owned and now it's separately owned. Mm. Because it's, so, so there's a whole lot of additional costs, legal costs, to get the process going and get the court order to take all the knock-on effects. So, so it's expensive. You know, if really want to change my 
Okay, Larry, we'll get you back on a better line. Um, we'll just, yeah, we'll try and get you back on a better line. Well, if you've just joined us, you're listening to Sidebar Cindy with me, Cindy, CFI and Sale. And we're talking about weddings. What do you regret spending on your wedding day? And just going to social media, um, I love the comments that are coming through. So Cindy says, we asked for cash instead of wedding gifts as we were already staying together and we had decent furniture. The response was, wow, we collected more than 50,000 rand. So they had very generous um, um, guests that, you know, that gave that, mu- that much amount of money. Oh, Lawrence Dubé says, Ish, women must stop making us buy wedding dresses. She said she will hire it out and get her money back. It never happened. It's just not worth it buying um, she should have hired the dress and you know when it comes to the dress it's a very emotional aspect of, of the wedding I know that with my dress um, I had a design in mind um, I found the lady to make my dress and the unfortunate part for me is that when I went to when I went to meet her I went to the, um, Umarinas so Marinas is, is my husband and she then changed the price of the dress so when my friend then phoned her to ask her how, and then why has the price of the dress changed? She was like, how? Um, this, this woman is... Um, so obviously, so what then happened is that we couldn't afford the dress. So I had a dress made for me. It was hired out to me, and I gave it back. And that's probably the one thing that I feel very sad about. I wish I'd gone to Mami Lodi <laughs> on my own for my, for my wedding dress um, fitting. And um, so someone else says that for their wedding, what they regret spending money on was the drinks. They had too many drinks left over. And because they had transported the drinks from um, South Africa to Zimbabwe, they couldn't, they couldn't take them back to the store. So they had to find, she had to find a friend who owns a bottle store who, would, um, who, who, who fortunately for them, um, bought, bought, those, um, bought those drinks. But yeah, what do you regret spending money on on your wedding day? You can call us on 086-0000959. You can SMS us on 36959. And I'm still chatting to Larry Masson. He's a financial advisor. And we've been having a very important discussion around... Um, um, the marital contract, you know, so are you going to marry in community of property or are you going to marry out of community of property? And he was explaining the procedure and just why it's important to think about all of that before you, before you, um, before you, you know, you get married. So Larry, welcome back. I hope we've got you on a better line. Yes, I'm back. Okay, great stuff. So, okay. So Larry, it's important for people to understand what, um, you know, the antenatal nuptial contract is. So I'm going to try and explain using my 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 situation and then you can correct me where I'm wrong. But so I'm a so I'm a medical doctor. My husband is a computer programmer and he's self employed. So we're married out of community of property. Meaning that if I get into debt, so say for example my surgery doesn't work out and I get into debt, he is not liable for my for, for any of my debt, right? That's correct. So married being married out of community of property is basically saying that What's mine is mine, and whatever I build up, even in the marriage, if we get to the point we get divorced, is mine. So there's no no set off between what we've built up after we got married. So what's yours stays yours, what I build up stays mine. So whatever teaspoon I've brought into the marriage, my Le Creuset pots, my bags, my, you know, those things stay in my, if anything were to happen, those things still belong to me. That's correct. Okay. But if we were married in community of property and say my surgery doesn't work out and my surgery goes under, my husband must now foot, foot all of that debt. That's correct. Effectively, when you're married in community of property, you are co-owner of everything that we own. There's mm-hmm. nothing that you own on your own. So even if you were to be the sole owner in your practice of a closed corporation or P2I limited, effectively, your husband or your partner has certainly ownership in that. 
If you buy a house, even if it's registered on your name, it's effectively both of yours. So nothing that you do is without your business partner, or in this case, your matrimonial partner. You are 50-50 shareholders in everything that you build up. And I'm chatting to Larry Masson. We're talking about weddings. And we're asking you, what do you regret spending on your wedding day? And we've had a chat about um, the matrimonial contract. It's important to know if you're going to marry in community of property or out of community of property. And, it's, you know, he's explained why it's important to know all of those things. And we've also spoken about, is it necessary to spend so much on, on one day? You know, do you want to start off your, your, your relationship, your marriage relationship on the back foot? So, you know, so rather look and see where you can cut costs and, and where you can save, you know. So just looking at a thing I was reading earlier on, the average South African wedding, can the budget can be up to 70,000 rand. Reception and catering is about 48% of that. Uh, the ceremony is about 2%. The dresses and the suits should be about 8%. Flowers and deco, 6%. Entertainment and music, 10%. And so it continues. Stationery also comes in, like wedding wedding cards and wedding and, and those little cards they put on the tables. And sometimes those things aren't necessary. You know, I made my own because, you know, Umarinas had made it crystal clear that um, I was not going to get the wedding of my dreams because I was a student and he was forking out money for everything. So I became creative. So maybe you can sit down, you can look at your budget and you can, and you can see how you can do a lot by, you know, by a lot on your own and thereby saving money. So DIY, Larry, also helps. Absolutely. I mean, it's like anything in life. I mean, there's a lot what we want and there is what we can afford. And then somehow we bridge that gap with being creative and being innovative. Mm. So, so yeah, that's always a balancing act. And some of the things that, are, are, you know, some of the recommend, recommendations that I was reading about earlier on, um, winter weddings are much cheaper than summer weddings. And, and venues, a lot of venues, if you get married on a Thursday or a Friday, it's way cheaper than getting married on a Saturday or, or a Sunday. And um, the, you know, the prickly one is always the number of guests that you've invited. So if you obviously if you invite fewer people, then you'll have a, a, you know, a much more affordable wedding. I think I had about 300 or 400 people at my wedding. But thankfully for us, um, my mother-in-law, the venue where we had the wedding, that is her, she ran, a, she had a wedding venue. So she ran it. So we we're able to have our wedding there. But um, if I'd chosen, if, if things had gone according to my plans and I'd gotten married on one of these upmarket um, wedding venues, I wouldn't have been able to afford to have um, 350 people there. There was not a chance because they charge per, per head and it's frightfully expensive. Absolutely. I mean, like you said, now it's sometimes, you know, it's like in life, the small things make a big difference. Yeah. And sometimes we can save a lot by foregoing or compromising on the small stuff. Ultimately, the people aren't going to remember the venue or the five courses or the Muhay as opposed to... <laughs> the champagne they'll remember. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes but they will remember champagne, but not necessarily the brand. You That's know? So, true. So That's do you true. have to go for Bollinger or Muhay or is it good South African champagne like from Grasoka? You know, so uh, remember the small things that add up as well. That's true. And, it's like anything in life. You don't always have to go over the edge to make a point. That's true. Um, uh, and, and, and you refer to the number of wedding guests. You know what? There's some people that's on the A-list that you want there. I'll be family or, or best friends. Then there's some people on the B-list that you kind of kind of would like to be there, but if they're not there, it's not going to be the end of the world. And then there's some people on the C list that you only invite for whatever reason, and you need to kind of 
know, it's actually not that difficult to, to not invite the people in the student. Maybe rather, it's like anything in life, you know, as you get older, your circle of friends become smaller because you know the important people That's, in life are. Yeah, yeah. But so parents... Maybe, maybe it's a good start at this very important day of your life to start whittling them down as well. That's true. But parents will always pose a problem. I think I think a lot of a lot of us have an A list, a B list and a C list. But then your mommy comes with her list and her list is the most important list. Or your dad comes down or your auntie comes up with one. And I think that's always a challenge. How do you fight not fight, how do you negotiate with your parents around who they want to invite without creating a you know a scene or without upsetting people? It's that's always the challenge. If mommy wants all her friends there, and I get that, because it's as important a day for her as it is for you, she's financially contributing to the wedding. <laughs> you know, that's the first thing. Secondly, mommy would want you to not have financial troubles and put you in a situation where you're batting off the back foot. Yeah. So, 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 so I think it's like anything in life. No party needs to capitulate. It's compromise. So, so we maybe start with, mommy, you put your A-list down there, I put my A-list down there. So how many people that, and then you work from there. So let's start with the most important people. And for everyone that I compromise, mommy compromise. Mm. You know, the wonderful thing about parents is they love us so unselfishly that they are prepared to capitulate you and not compromise. So in this case, I think there's ways and means of keeping everybody happy mm. without breaking the bank. No, that's true. That's very true. Sidebar Cindy with me, Cindy Fansale on KFM 95.9. We're taking calls on 86 And we have Mandla calling us from Johannesburg. Good evening, Mandla, and um, welcome to the show. Evening, Cindy. How are you? Good, thank you. I'm fine. I just want to ask a question concerning the issue of uh, community of property. Yes. Yes, I just wanted to find out, is there a way to override? Let's say you're already married and you're on community of property. Is there a way to change it? Okay, so Larry, that question is for you. Yes. So, Umand- yes, yeah. Mandla, Mandla wants to know: Is there a way to override yes. um, the in community of property marital contract? The, the- the only way to override is to change your matrimonial dispensation. The reality is, if you marry in of property, whatever you own, whatever transactions you enter into, is 50-50. You and your partner. We often find people that draft a will and testament <laughs> that's very in of property because stuff is not there. Only 50. So to answer your question is... The only way to override it is to change the dispensation. That's a high court application. Okay. So, Mandla? Okay. Thank you. Okay. Thanks for calling in. No, I'm glad, Larry. I'm glad that um, you know we we we've spoken about the um, the marital contract. I think it's important, as I said, for people to understand that you know before you get married, you have to have this discussion with your lawyer or whoever is going to be helping you, and you must think about it very clearly in community or out of community, and you must understand why each thing um, is, is you know why you're making the decision. Absolutely. Just to add that to memory, there's three marital dispensations: in community, out of community, and out of community with the cruel. 
Okay. All right. So coming on later in the show, we'll be um, having a competition. The Grow Great campaign is a national campaign which um, is helping is helping us to work together to ensure that we can achieve zero stunting by 2030. So we're running a dads challenge where South African dads take part in a weekly quiz between the 6th of August and the 31st of August where we ask questions. So I'm going to have two dads on the line later on. I'm going to ask them a true or false question and the winner is going to get a 3,000 rand um, baby city voucher. So to those of you that have won, congratulations. And we'll, doing it, we'll be doing it again tonight. And um, I'll be taking your calls around 10 to 8. So don't forget to call in so we can have this competition on grow great um, and, and, and making sure that we achieve zero stunting by 2030. Larry, the other thing I wanted to ask you um, concerning um, weddings and the amount of money that we spend on them. What, what financial advice do you have for people you know, who are coming, you know, not, not, that's not really about the wedding, but more about the future, the day after the wedding. Now we've had the wedding, now we're in the marriage. Um, do, you, do you advise people to, to share what they're earning? Are we, are, you know, are we putting salary advices on the table? What, what, what do you advise people to do? Um, so, as, as you kind of enter into an emotional partnership, it makes no sense not to enter into a financial partnership. So even if you decide, and, and, and once again, there's no one size fits all. Yeah. But I believe it's extremely important that both parties put first of all everything on the table and that they agree on how financial affairs are managed going forward. So like anything in life, there's economies of scale and if we do things together, it works better. So we always believe that if we advise clients, it's important, even if they keep things separately, they just keep the marriage out of the middle of property and they want the investments to be seen, uh, separate or their retirement communities or pension fund contributions separate, that they at least apply their minds together. Mm. For instance, uh, a simple example is medical aid. You don't want each partner to have its own medical aid because it's cost effective to have the primary member and then the beneficiary the, the, or the, the second member on a medical aid. So no matter how you want to do it, apply your mind and work together and see it as one journey going forward. Okay. So would you advise then that the more financially stable person in the relationship takes on the bigger responsibilities i'm just i'm not, just asking not necessarily so, okay. so so from from a simple mathematical point of view you'll say if one earns x and the other one earns x divided by two that you would should contribute proportionately to to expense or whatever the case may be that that differs from couple to couple and, and person to person so there's no right formula. Some, so in some instances, the one contributes to the household expenditure, the one may contribute to the bond expenditure. I cannot say what's right or wrong. Mm. But the most important thing is decide together, apply your mind, and make sure that it's fair to both of you or that both of you are comfortable with that because that's a small thing. Ultimately, when things don't go all hunky-dory, that becomes... A financial burden, stress, and potentially emotional burden on one or both of the parties. Okay, so we're still taking your calls on 086-00-00959 and the hashtag on social media is Sidebot Cindy. And coming back to Twitter, I'm just going to go through some of your tweets. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting. So many responses around around the regrets that people have. Um, Sanet says that you know, if she could do it again, she'd elope. 
and throw a party when they get back. She says the wedding was nice, but three weeks on a tropical island for the same price now seems more appealing. And then, ooh, um, and then okay, Lawrence, I really read Lawrence's one. Um, and Glebo says, I honestly um, don't want a wedding before getting a house. I don't mind just having umembeso and signing at home affairs. So she's been very, she's been very practic- practical about it. Guti. First, we buy a house. That's the most important thing. And then other things, uh, other things um, can, can come later. And then Noctula says, come to think of it, um, you know, she regrets nothing. They planned their wedding in three months and everything went um, exactly as, as they wanted it. And then Kawegazi says, um, I didn't have much time to plan and that worked out in my favor. I stuck to my budget. I had a beautiful wedding. I have no regrets. So, so for some people, it's actually worked out great. They, they, they've, they've done exactly what they planned to do and their weddings went okay. Exactly. We remember not the material stuff. We remember the evening, the joy and fun we had. So, Larry, do you have any um, tips for, for, as I said, for someone that might be going into into a wedding in the next few months or in the in the near future, on how to um, keep that budget under control? Um, so, first of all, cash is not king. Cash flow is king. So, first of all, see what you can afford and work off that price. Um, sometimes you can compromise, that may be small compromises, but makes a big, big difference in terms of cost. Um, secondly, two heads are better than one. So let both partners decide together and bring the parents in. But like everything in life is about budgeting, it's about what you can afford and what you want is about compromising. Mm. Um, and then, you know, from what you've said about the people that's kind of mailed in and kind of sweated in, phoned in, is it's an important day in your life. You must have fun, but it's about you. It's about the love and the kind of pain that you're going to share that evening. Don't have bias and more afterwards and saying, but that puts us back. So mm. just stay within what you can afford and the most important thing is budget properly. Mm. Well, a few more tips um, from from what I was reading through earlier on is, you know, obviously you can hire your wedding dress. You could have a cash bar at the reception and um, and only serve wine. You could ask your parents if they're willing to contribute. And um, I mean, it's important to remember that it's not it's it's not it's not only the wedding day, Larry. As you keep on saying, if there's going to be a traditional wedding and a white wedding, then you need to 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 look at those and think which of the two is more important for you. Is can one be done now and another one done later instead of trying to do everything at the same time? That's another way of of saving money. And also give your time, give yourself enough time to save for the wedding, at least six months. Have a joint account where you're both putting money into it, whether it's a thirty day you know um, account or whatever it is. You're both putting money into it and um, and then that's the money that's going to go towards your wedding and, and your expenses. And the other thing as well, Larry, is that if you've, uh, my, my feeling is that if you've invited, um, you know, bridesmaids and you want to have little flower girls and so on, um, it's, it's only fair for you to contribute something towards their wedding dresses and their hair and so on. I mean, I mean, there's some wedding, weddings where the bridesmaids really don't mind paying for themselves, but not everybody can afford to do that. So, you know, putting money aside for that is also part of the planning. Absolutely. Like I said earlier, I mean, somebody told me the other day, but what about not asking Jeff to give presents but contribute towards the wedding? And I thought, geez, but how can you ask the people to contribute towards the wedding? And then I thought to myself, what's your most precious gift that you can give to the 
people that get married is your present. Mm. So if that means that they haven't to contribute, they're not giving you a toaster or another toaster, then so be it. So I think there's a lot of clever ways of making or ensuring that it's not that expensive without having to, to give away something that's quite important to you. So I think the important thing is don't sit in motion and that one day override logical financial things. There must be a trade-off between the two. Do you have any regrets about um, the amount of money that you spent at your wedding or a specific um, you know, thing at your wedding with be it the wedding cake or the wedding dress or the groomsmen's suits? And we're taking your calls on 86 Um Larry has given some great advice and, and someone on Twitter was saying that they're so glad that we discussed the, 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 the marital contracts, the you know, in-community of property, out-of-community of property and then out-of-community of property with um, accrual. We also had gave some tips on how to save, you know, towards your towards your wedding day, because finances are the biggest reasons for arguments between couples. So it's important to look at your budget, look at where, where you're going in the future, and to ask yourself: Do we need to spend so much and start off our you know our marriage, our marriage on the back foot, or can we cut corners here and there and have a smaller wedding with fewer guests and things like that? So Larry's given some great advice around that. So Larry, just before we let you go uh, in a few minutes' time, um, just. Just a few nuggets of wisdom from you to people who are planning on getting married. What are the most important things that you want people to to think about as they plan their weddings? Um, so first of all, this is the start of a journey together. So don't break the bank at the start because then you kind of are playing catch up for the rest of your life. Mm. Um, so be Make sure that it's a special day. Stay within your budget, but think longer term. Because once again, the financial affairs is not the thing that's going to make a marriage work or doesn't work, but it is something that can put a lot of pressure on a beautiful relationship. So don't need to start break the bank initially and Mm -hmm. stay in your budget. You know, most people that's financially independent ultimately over time are people that budget properly and stay within the budget and kind of make compromises between what they want and what they can afford. And I think starting off that way is very important. And and then once again also, two heads, think together, agree, and then adapt. Okay. And of course, the marital contract. Very important to, to get into that and to understand what is what and what you're choosing. Yes, I think, I think that's unfortunate what people tend to not apply retirement because they're so, they're so planning on the very special day and they're so taken aback by this wonderful emotional journey that they don't think about the practical implications that need to be sort of ticked off on your list. So I think... Probably the first step on your way to plan your wedding day is to make sure that you marry in the appropriate way that's fair to both of you so the right marital matrimonial dispensation is vital. Okay. So Larry, where can we find you? Um if anyone needs your advice or you know, would like to, to you know, to yeah, to get married not marital, financial advice from you, where can we find you? My email address is Larry. L-A-R-R-Y dot Masson, M-A-S-S-O-N at Momentum Consult, one word, dot com. And my landline is 021-859-1009 and mobile 079 
Okay. Well, thank you so much, Larry. Thank you so much for joining me on Sidebar Cindy on KFM 95.9. It was great having you on the show and thank you for all your wisdom. Thanks. It's been a pleasure. Good evening. Okay. Bye. So the Grow Great campaign is a national campaign um, in South Africa that is working towards a national commitment from us all to achieve zero stunting by 2020, by 2030. So Grow Great is running a dad's challenge where South African dads are invited to participate in a weekly quiz between 6 August and 31 August, answering questions related to how to raise healthy children in the critical first thousand days. So those first thousand days from conception to child's second birthday are very important. So each week, two dads compete against each other and the dad that answers the most questions will walk away with a 3,000 rand gift voucher from Baby City. Um, and so I'll be taking calls from two dads on 86 And I'm going to ask each of you a question and I'm going to take turns asking each of you a question and the winner We'll walk away with a 3,000 rand baby city voucher courtesy of Grow Great. So while, while we're just getting the callers lined up, I'd like to go through a few more of the tweets um, that have come through. And it's, it's, it's great. People have been sharing, you know, what happened at their weddings and, and just how they were able to save costs here and there. So Lawrence, Lawrence Dubé says events um, are ultimately about the atmosphere. So it's what people remember, the experience. So, you know, pay good money for the MC pay good money for a, a DJ and the food and of course the photography so it's important to make sure that you have the right person capturing your, your special moments and then Uzzah says by the sounds of things I'm still sticking to having my Zulu traditional wedding only I feel like the western traditional wedding it, the western tradition wedding is what adds to the bills and, unnecess- and the unnecessary stuff as you, as you guys um, are, are discussing and um, Ubareki says the funny thing about these weddings is that it is seldom the celebrants who want this exorbitant wedding, but still have to pay for it themselves. So if they have to max a credit card for it, they're the ones that are starting, starting um, that, you know, that issue on, on, on the wrong note. And Ulwazi says, one of the ways to save money is to do your photography in stages. So make sure the story is done right. And then two or three months down the line, create your storybook. I advise my bride and groom to do this to minimize costs. So that's great advice from Ulwazi. And Lucindile also speaks about um, how they were able to, to get people to donate 50,000 rand, you know, as, as gifts, cash gifts, as opposed to wedding gifts. Um, they, on the invitations, they made it sound cute by saying, our house is full, however, our pockets are empty. So people got the hint, but okay. Don't bring towels, don't bring teaspoons and, and kettles and stuff. Rather, rather, rather give money. And um, Oafigile says, because we had a budget, what we had was necessary for a wedding. This was me. I'm spending so much. Anything beyond this, I'm not paying for. And that's how she was able to make sure that they didn't go beyond, beyond, their, beyond their budget. But we're taking your calls, as I said, for the competition, the Grow Great competition. We're having two dads on the line. I'm going to ask them um, each question. And the winner of the competition is going to walk away with a 3,000 rand um, um, gift voucher from Baby City. So we have Rofiwa on the line. Good evening, Rofiwa, and welcome to Sidebar Cindy. Good evening. I hope you are ready to answer your questions about the, um, the Grow Great campaign against stunting. Yes, I am. Okay, so we're just waiting for um, the other caller to be lined up, okay. and then I'm going to ask questions. So you can Fantastic. still you can think in the meantime, and we'll get the other we'll get the other father on on online. Okay, cool. And Umzi also says that the costs and spending so much money on 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 two days is all about pleasing people that we hardly know. And this is I think this is true, especially when you have your parents insisting 
on inviting the people that they want at the wedding. I mean, as I said, if my mom had had her own way, my whole wedding would have been her relatives, even from Gwazulu Natal, would have come up to Joburg. But because I wasn't paying and because she wasn't paying, we were able to then control that. But I had all my varsity friends at the wedding. I, I must admit, I invited everyone from Riz. That it's like a free for all. If you want to be at the wedding, just come. And we had such a great time. I will never forget. And um, someone spoke about cake and how the wedding cake can be served as dessert. So Ayola says, I think it depends on how it's served. My caterer served it in small sealed containers and people were able to take it home if they didn't feel, feel like eating it right there and then. I mean, someone else tweeted about how their wedding cake went to waste because not many people ate it and it is rotting for months afterwards. So this plan of having the cake already cut up and served into little containers is a very good idea. And in Utandi says, Mina, I just cut mine right there and got people to cut for themselves that way people got the piece that they wanted and no one came to um to ask for more the next day so same thing with food people saved themselves there was an open bar and i was left in peace and then um ooh, who else so caroline says the cake for her was a regret because the person charged a 5,000 rand and the cake was half-baked so she did not have a good experience um, you know with that and then Ukhadi says my sister's going through the planning as we speak she also had three months the budget was very tight she wanted a small thing but you know black parents yes I know black parents the wedding is next weekend and we'll see the outcome so Ukhadi I hope you share pictures of your sister's wedding um, once it happens five minutes left of the show we have our two competitors on the line we have Urofiwa from Johannesburg and we also have another dad Ulaki so Ulaki welcome to the show and I hope you're ready for the competition uh, it's actually Chris. Okay, Chris. Right. Okay. Yes. So, okay, Rufiwa and Chris. Okay. So I'll start off with Rufiwa. So I'm going to ask him a question, a true or false question. And I'll come over to you, Chris. And then as I said at the end, I'll tell you who the winner is, and the winner is going to walk away with a three thousand rand baby city voucher courtesy of Grow Great. So Rufiwa, the flourish journey runs throughout the year and consists of monthly visits. So Flourish is the, is the program to help, to help um, mummies to be. So it runs throughout the year and consists of monthly visits, true or false? True. Okay. Um, Chris, fathers yes. can be Flourish franchisees. Is this true or false? It's true. Okay. And then coming back to you, Rafiwa, the Flourish journey is a journey of companionship belonging and acceptance is this true or false that's true okay chris flourish no. is a national network of antenatal and postnatal classes that empowers mothers through the first thousand days of a child's life is this true or false it's true okay um Rufiwa, flourish seeks to drive behavior change in expectant couples and families is this true or false true okay and then chris flourish mm-hmm. runs mom and baby groups in places such as, such as Kailicha, Kanduli and Kharangua. Is this true or false? It's true. Okay, so counting up. The winner of this is actually Chris. So Chris, you got... Yo! <laughs> Oh, congrats, Chris. You got two of the questions um, correct and then uh, Rafi, unfortunately, you got... You got yeah. So the winner of oh. this... Is, is Chris. So Chris, please do not hang up. We have a 3,000 sure. Rand Baby City voucher for you. And um, <laughs> I'm so happy you're happy. I Yo, wish no, I'm, I'm happy. The thing is, um, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting a baby end of next month. Oh, so okay. Well, congratulations. And yeah, Thank hold you. the line so we can make sure we get that Baby City voucher to you, courtesy of Grow Grace. Sure. Thank sure. you, Rafio, for taking part. All right, bye. Okay. 
Sidebar with Cindy. Every Monday to Thursday, 7 to 8 p.m. on Kaya FM 95.9. Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more.